now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here. Every week, we bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you are in the real estate market or if you're just looking for decorating or improving ideas of your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every week. And it's been a fantastic listening and hearing from our loyal CFAX listeners every week. Uh, I myself have been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds and hundreds of transactions for buyers and sellers alike. Uh, First-time buyers, uh, seasoned investors, uh, developers, a little bit of everything. I'm proud to be ranked as one of the top producing agents of Remax in Western Canada. Be pleased to help you as well too. If you're looking for a discussion, you want to know about what's going on out there in the marketplace, maybe planning for the near future, I'd be happy to chat with you. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole home show, show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there, uh, or you can always just find me at the prime real estate team at Remax Island Properties. I know you do. Because because I get phone calls every week and messages. And of course, we love that. This week, we're having a conversation about this term that, you know, maybe is new for some, but it certainly is not an old one. It's only been around for a few years, it seems like. And that is the missing middle. What is the missing middle? Well, we're going to be chatting with a couple of people about this today because uh, it was approved, this missing middle program was approved with the City of Victoria the end of January 2023, so it's all new. Who better to chat with about that than the Mayor of the City of Victoria, Marianne Alto. She's one of our guests today, uh, along with Joe Kalenda. Joe Kalenda is a consultant. He is a past city planner uh, at a number of different places in Canada. Uh, and he's with Multibeni Enterprises. So it's going to be a fantastic conversation. We're going to be talking about what all of these things are, what it means for you potentially as a neighbor, what it means for the city and all of that. Uh, as always, folks, we start off with timely matters here at the start of our program. If you've got something that you would like to chat about, a topic or something that has come your way, just reach out to me. I'd be happy to cover it. You can, again, find our contact information by finding our page on the cfax1070.com uh, page or just reach out to me directly. I love hearing from you. I do want to start talking about the missing middle a little bit. And one of the things that I do want to point you to is the city of Victoria's website, victoria.ca. So there is an entire page dedicated to missing middle housing. I've got it right in front of me right now. It is creating diverse housing options in Victoria. So on this page here, you're going to find some links, including uh, hearing from the public uh, why the city uh, approved this, why council approved this, exactly what missing middle housing is, house plexes, corner townhouses, uh, and heritage conserving infill. Those are three forms of missing middle housing. Uh, there is a schedule P P as in Peter, Schedule P of the Zoning Regulation Bylaw which uh, and Development Permits, uh, which 
basically outlines exactly what it is. Again, I'm looking at it right here, folks. And this is something that I think you're going to learn more about. I think as of anything that happens in any municipal uh, chamber, especially things that can be very um, controversial, there may be information or misinformation. You know, it's always best to sort of educate yourself. But the Schedule P that I have here, the missing middle regulations, uh, talks about Things like adaptable dwelling unit, affordable housing cooperative, affordable standards bylaw. What is an affordable rental housing unit and below market home ownership unit? There are so many things here covered that I think you're going to want to find out more about. But you know, the other thing, too, that I find very interesting here is it gives you a little uh, direction here. If you are interested in building missing middle housing yourself, uh, there is a guide on the page. And by the way, folks, that doesn't mean that you need to take on the role of developer uh, or builder. As you're going to hear later, I hope, with Mayor Alto and with Joe Kalenda, the missing middle here is not necessarily meant to be an avenue just for developers to create more density. It will also enable people to stay and age in place by leveraging their home, you know, perhaps larger home or larger property and turning it into something where more housing can be provided while at the same time staying on the grounds. I mean, how great is that? And by the way, this is a city of Victoria initiative. This is not just simply area and location. I think sometimes folks, when they think about the city of Victoria, they think about the distinct communities of, for instance, Fairfield, James Bay, Fernwood, Oakland, um, uh, Hillside, things like that. This is uh, overall overreaching. By the way, uh, again, you can find tons of information, including the Times Colonist coverage of the missing middle uh, adoption uh, by going online and checking that out. There's so many things uh, to read up on here. Uh, what does it mean, though? And I have to say, you know, not that I'm a student of housing or housing design. I am a real estate agent, so I help people when they buy or sell. As a result, for me, I'm always very interested looking at other communities. Uh, I just had a family holiday down in Washington State. We checked out all these little communities, uh, including the metro metropolis of Seattle, and went home to Vancouver. And looking around all the neighborhoods, uh, you know, there's no question. Things are busy. These are busy towns. We are suddenly becoming a busy town. I think all of us sort of bemoan the extra traffic that exists now that didn't exist back in the 1980s. But you know what? It's not the 1980s anymore. We do have people that move into Greater Victoria every single month. That's one of the reasons why the real estate market is the way it is right now. And I know it's not the same. You know, we're going to have a lot of unhappy neighbors. Perhaps we'll be chatting a little bit about that with our guest today. Uh, there's that old saying. I hate saying it, by the way, folks, but it's something that you read about every once in a while. Not in my backyard. They call it NIMBY. You know, I don't necessarily agree with that phrase, but this comes up every once in a while, right? But they are typically people who are um, just defensive and protective of their neighborhood. So hopefully the city has and will have mindful plans in place in order to do their best to keep everyone 
uh, happy. I mean, I don't think you can keep everyone happy in every situation, but at the very least, knowing that the city is moving towards uh, being a thriving place uh, that is inclusive for all. And um, some of this does include more housing units. I don't think it's going to be covering affordability. You know, we talk about this a lot on our program. Victoria is an expensive place to be. There's no question about that. But here we are. I mean, we just talked about the fact that people come here every month every week well yeah so the more people that come into town here the more expensive it will become this is really a supply conversation that we're having today and not a demand one i mean the provincial government itself has already made moves forward to create more housing which to me was big news because of the fact that the government for the longest time has been trying to focus on demand and preventing people from buying here uh, you know, I talked about this on the program a little while ago. We now have a foreign buyer ban in Canada. By the way, it hasn't closed down the real estate market. And again, proof is in the pudding. It's because our market is not driven by foreign buyers. It's Victorians that just want a place to live. And that's what we're talking about today with the missing middle. We need to take our break here right now. When we come back, we'll be welcoming Mayor Marianne Alto and Joe Kalenda to talk about the missing middle. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. So many things happening in our fantastic little city here, including some news that occurred at the, at the end of January. For those of you that were paying attention, uh, it was at that time that Victoria City Council adopted a new program that many of you have heard about, and some of you have been wondering, what the words missing middle means and uh, on our program today we're having a conversation uh, with a couple of people that will explain this to us and tell us about what it means for the future of Victoria uh, but we're starting off first with uh, the mayor of the city of Victoria I'm so pleased to have her on our program today uh, Mayor Marianne Alto uh, Mayor Marianne thanks for joining us well, it's always my pleasure, Tony. Thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this for years. Oh, my goodness. Because you and I have known each other for a long time. I can't believe that uh, I haven't had you on. And, um, uh, you know, I'm looking back at your history because you've been a city councillor since 2010. It's been a little bit, right? right? 12 years yeah. I was before I took the mayor's chair. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So listen, there's so much to talk about here. We're going to add Joe Kalenda on in a little bit as well. Um, there's so many topics that you and I can talk about. But today we're talking about the missing middle. Right. So let's talk about this. This is something that has been discussed for many years now. Um, let's let our listeners know, what is the missing middle? I'd love to ask uh, Joe that same question because I'd like to know what he said. Let's do that then. Okay, uh, Joe sure. Kalenet, Yeah, Joe is a consultant with Multibene uh, Enterprises. He is a past uh, city planner going yeah. back into the 1980s, right, in Ontario, Joe, and, and oh, all over? Actually, actually, 1976 was when I cut my teeth. Wow. In Guelph, Ontario. All right. I'm, I'm very, very old. Very old. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's do that, Joe. Missing middle. Tell her. So listeners. missing middle, we're, we're, we're really talking about different housing forms on single family streets. And by different housing forms, we mean three-story townhouses on corner lots and two and a half story house plexes on interior lots on many of our single family streets in all of our neighborhoods. So it's really, rather than having single family streets that are almost exclusively single family, 
These streets will also have townhouses on the corners and houseplexes on some interior lots. So it's really just the next building form from single family. Because typically you go single family, semi or duplexes, then you get into triplexes, and then you get into townhouses, row townhouses, or stack townhouses. And then you can also have houseplexes, which is just like a big single family house with four or five or six units in it or households in it. Yeah. We are starting to see some of that innovation in town, but it has not been an easy road. And again, uh, Mayor Marianne, you've been at the city council table for for several terms down since 2010. Uh, this is not something new. This is something that has been discussed for years, right? It has. And I, the reason that I, I punted that to Joe is because I wanted to see how someone who wasn't in the bubble yeah. of having dealt with it for years and years and years uh, actually thought about it from the perspective of just what they'd heard. It, I mean, Joe obviously has particular expertise from his own background, but I was curious to see uh, to hear how someone who wasn't immersed in this for the last number of years would actually describe it. And that was a brilliant description, I have to say, because it was so simple and straightforward. And I think that's what really befuddles people around Missing Middle. And I've actually always thought that we branded it incorrectly, that it should have been something more simple and more explanatory on its face, like uh, distributed density or increased density or something like that. Because Missing Middle is just so vague that people don't understand intrinsically what it means and they can interpret it in a whole variety of different ways, not all of which are correct. And so, Joe, I really appreciated, actually, uh, your description because it was really straightforward and simple, and it's exactly correct. Uh, all Missing Middle is, is looking at a, a lot that would, up until now, only be able to hold a single family dwelling and be able to, in certain circumstances with defined parameters, be able to now look at multiple units. And I think it's particularly useful in Victoria because there are so many areas of the city that have really beautiful bigger homes, some of them heritage, some of them not, but really quite delightful, built in an era where there were commonly large families. And to be able to now look at those homes as potential multiple uh, family units, particularly in circumstances which is so common in Victoria, which is, as we all know, you know, struggling with a very high cost of living, where you have people who are you know, often original or second or third owners of a home, and there's only two or three people and they're living in a place which has multiple bedrooms, you know, multiple bathrooms, huge spaces. And now, now, hopefully, much more easily, they'll be able to look at that and go, you know, I want to stay here. It's my home. It's my family home. I have history here. There's no way I can afford to live here on my own or with my partner or with, you know, just a couple of us. So now let's look at we can renovate this into, into being two or three or four units. The outside of the house will look essentially the same. But the inside of the house will now be able to include spaces for a number of different families, which is just so great. And you're right, Tony. I mean, the, the question that you posed at the beginning, you know, this has been a conversation for years, not just in Victoria, but throughout North America in particular, but really uh, around uh, densification uh, around the world. And it's that sense of how do you find that balance point between preserving the look and feel of a neighborhood, but being able to accommodate more and more people. And anyone who follows the trends around uh, population growth is seeing that thousands of people are coming to Greater Victoria uh, on a greater uh, and more frequent level. And we really have to start thinking about planning from that perspective of, again, what's that balance point between as much as possible preserving the character and feel and familiarity of what's here, but looking ahead to saying the decisions that I'm making now are going to prepare 
for people 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now? And what does that look like? And what are the policies that I need to put in place to make that reasonable, uh, balanced, but relatively easy and unencumbered by unnecessary process? Sometimes when you do simple things at the city, Joe, as you well know, I mean, we put people through enormous numbers of hoops to do things and, and with the best of intentions, I would say. But we can make that a lot easier when our goal is to try and find that balance point between preserving what's great about where we live now and how it looks, how it feels, but also understanding that we, we have to open the door and welcome more and more people who want to live here. I think about the fact that, you know, I went away to university, came back, uh, you know, after being away for three or four years, nobody told me I couldn't come home. Uh, <laughs> I came home, right? I mean, I came home, I, you know, I got a job, I rented for a while, I, you know, for a variety of lucky circumstances, I was able to buy into the real estate market, you know, and like that all happened. And nowadays that's so difficult. And sometimes, you know, we make it more difficult than it needs to be. And so the point of missing middle, and this is a really long answer, is to try and accommodate people like that, is to try and welcome the people who are making our communities more diverse and more healthy and more viable and building our economy and building our neighborhoods and making it such a wonderful place to live here, not just today, but to continue to welcome those people to, to do all of that, continue all of that for the future. You know, it, it it was such a such a large piece as well too, because this middle missing middle thing really has been the biggest overhaul of the uh, zoning process, the residential zoning process in the city of Victoria, right? So, um, I, I think some people read about it, but maybe haven't uh, it hasn't uh, dawned on them how important, how big a change this has been, right? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, over the years that I've been at the table, you know, there have been some changes made to various regulations and various processes, you know, all with the, the aim of making things a little bit easier, you know, a little bit more efficient, uh, a little bit more transparent around the processes, but also with the goal of being able to allow there to be more and more housing built. And I, I think that's the thing that, that we really have to focus on. I mean, we're, we're trying to make it easy to build homes for people. And that's ultimately the goal. And so we've done that in bits and pieces. And certainly we have a number of policies in the last three or four years in particular, which look at accelerating affordable housing, which look at being more supportive of uh, different types of housing, of, of bringing a real focus on affordability and, and sort of that, that, that part of the spectrum of housing that's kind of in the middle and below market. And that's been great. And so we've got a half a dozen or more of really very, very proactive policies that have been very effective, but you're right. What, we're, what we've called missing middle um, in that brand is a much more broad view, just as Joe said earlier, a broad view of being able to look at the whole community and say the potential here is across the city. It's not just in one neighborhood over another. The right. whole city is now being looked at as a potential area for creating more homes. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, you know, you get a sense of we're really embracing the idea that Victoria is evolving into a city. You know, I talked about this a lot over the last few years and that sense of, you know, we've been a big town for a long time yeah. and that's been great, but guess what? You know, actually we're a city. Right? <laughs> Here we and are. Since we are, I, you know, my view is that we need to really embrace that and to look forward and to be able to start looking at policies and procedures and processes that not just sort of reluctantly allow us to move in that direction, but would actually really embrace this in a proactive way so that we can build the city in a thoughtful, planned, uh, reasonable way with intention. You know, I talk a lot about intentional evolution, intentional transformation. I don't want the city to just randomly develop. 
You know, I want there to be a plan. I want there to be an intentionality around all of these policies and procedures so that, you know, when we look ahead, we can imagine what it will look like in 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years. And that that's, that's something that has thought behind it, that that is done. Oh, uh, my goodness. Well, you know, there's so much more to cover. We need to take our break right now. We're having a conversation with Mayor Marianne Alto and also with Joe Colenda about the missing middle. Uh, Got to take our break. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can find all of our six years worth of episodes on iTunes and Google Play. So you can download podcasts, uh, tons of great content, always have fantastic guests. Uh, There's a lot of information there, depending on where you're at. Uh, Whether you're thinking of buying or selling or not, whether you're thinking of modifying your home or doing things around the house, we've had some fantastic specialists to be able to help you out there. Uh, Today, we're talking about the missing middle. What is the missing middle? You know, I've been thinking about that. I I believe, if I'm not, if I'm, uh, if I'm correct here, I don't think I ever heard that phrase before, maybe six years ago. You know, it's something that is in almost daily conversation today, especially when it comes to the city of Victoria. Uh, as a result, today we're talking with uh, Joe Kalenda. He is uh, a consultant, also a past city planner. And of course, we have the mayor of the city of Victoria, Marianne Alto. Thank you both for joining us again today. Our pleasure. By the way, uh, Mayor Alto, you are the 55th mayor. I was looking that up uh, statistically. Yes. Well, there you, you, you know that now. You're number 55. Um, yes. And at a time of great change as well, too. So, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, the missing middle. Uh, a great definition that that Joe brought us as well, too. You know, as a consumer, as a uh, member of the community, you know, what I've heard so far just has me thinking of uh, a nice mix of different types of housing on streets in different areas. Yeah. Now, what does come to mind to me, though, is I've met a lot of neighbors. I've met people that have said, I don't like this. I don't want that. I don't want change. Um, now, I mean, to have a, uh, uh, a, a large, uh, um, a large change like this, it's going to upset a lot of neighbors. And Joe, I, I feel that you've been in this position before, not intentionally, uh, uh, angering neighbors, but I mean, this is development, right? Yeah. You know, I think we have to look at missing middle housing or townhouses and house plexes as the next natural evolution in neighborhood planning best practice. So if you go back to Victoria in 1999, year 2000, which is when I first hit the neighborhood, there was a quid pro quo when it came to density, which is to say in those days, any density was more or less focused on the downtown neighborhoods kind of thing, the downtown or the downtown neighborhoods, and perhaps to some of the village centers or neighborhood centers. And then we slowly watched the penetration of garden suites and secondary suites. And then this thing called gentle densification. And then it just started sort of moving up and up and up. So then when staff started working on missing mental housing policy about four years ago, this is just the next 
natural step in the planning of our neighborhoods. It really is the next step. So I know many folks are concerned about it because, well, simply because it ain't a single family house anymore. But you know, it's 2023. It's not 1993 anymore. And the most important thing we can learn and know about 2023 is that it's not 1993. So we ought not to be making our land use decisions, our policy choices, and so on, as if it was still 1993, because it isn't, you know. The other thing about missing middle housing or or, or townhouses and um, houseplexes, this is just a tool in council's toolkit. It's one tool that they can use to help address the housing emergency such as it is. And let's remember the housing emergency, I've never seen anything like it. I'm in my 70th year on this planet. I've never seen anything like it. And certainly one solution does not fit all. So missing middle housing is just a tool. It's just one solution. It's not for everybody. Now, for those that fear that their streets are going to be overrun with townhouses and houseplexes, I just don't think that's going to happen. I'll tell you why. When staff did their pro forma on the policy, their pro forma showed that uh, when you redevelop your property for townhouses or a houseplex, you can ex expect a 7 or 8% return on profit or profit level, right? Well, this is not going to appeal to a whole lot of developers. Not enough because, money. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, developers have to show a minimum 15% profit margin on their yeah. pro forma so, so in order just, to get their financing. Yeah, I just want to make it clear because sometimes the sound doesn't go through. It You said 15%. I, 15, I, yeah, one five, yeah five I don't, I don't want listeners thinking fifty percent. Yeah. Yes, yes. And yet, and yet, the the, the uh, pro forma that staff produced through their economic consultants shows a profit level of seventy eight percent. So this will appeal more to homeowners who are interested in aging in place, and then are willing to look at their single family house on their single family lot, and then transform it or change it into six townhouses. They'll live in one and they'll market the other five. These will be our consumers of the missing middle housing policy, more so than developers. Because if a developer comes in to do it, first of all, he's got to buy the land and the house from the owner in the first place. And that's that's very expensive. And then he still has to make a 15% profit. Yeah. You know? So I I don't think I don't think the uh pickup on this is gonna be as as huge as I'm hoping for. I think it'll be a lot more subtle, yeah. but let's watch it for the next two years and we'll see. Yeah. Well, well, Mayor also, but the other thing though, it was not a unanimous uh, decision. It was a six, three vote at the council table. So there were counselors who were, were against this, um, mm. you know, including maybe one that surprises me a little bit, you know, yeah. um, you know, that the argument was it does nothing for affordability, but it's kind of interesting because Joe just kind of touched on that a little bit there. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And, and I really appreciate Joe's comments, because I think, I think just the one thing that I want to pick up on is, this is not a panacea, right? I mean, it is exactly one way forward. And you know, there are so many different ways that we need to address the housing crisis. And, and this is just one, one of many. And I think Joe's absolutely right. This is not going to see a great rush to building. Uh, if in the next couple of years, 
I hope is a big rush to building, but I think Joe's absolutely right. <laughs> some some a few uh, and then we'll have a look at what that looks like and how it's worked and how the efficiencies have been and what kind of units it's produced and then you know then we can reevaluate but on your point Tony yes um, there wasn't unanimity at the council table just like there wasn't unanimity in the community and I think that that's a, a fair assessment uh, I think the affordability question is one that really muddied the conversation because just as Joe refers to this as one tool in a toolbox to dealing with housing in general this was not the tool that was meant to deal with affordability. Right. Here are the half a dozen other policies that do deal with affordability. That when you come to us with an affordable project, uh, that we offer, you know, subsidization through our housing trust fund. We offer acceleration of process of you know reduced uh, red tape. I mean, all sorts of things that accelerate the approvals of affordable housing projects. And so, and that's just one policy. There's a half a dozen others that we have in place that look at uh, making it as easy as conceivably possible to build affordable housing. But the missing middle project, the missing middle policy is not dedicated just to that. Can there be affordable projects within it? Sure, absolutely. Yes. But is this intended to be focused only on that? No, not at all. The goal of this was really to deal more with the supply side, the availability side, as opposed to the affordability side. And you know, whatever political stripe you might be, there is ample evidence to show that supply side is an important part of the resolution uh, around dealing with affordability. Uh, is it everything? No, of course not. But is it a, an important component? Yes, absolutely. And if we don't deal with the whole spectrum around affordable uh, housing, whether it's from very, very highly subsidized units at the very lower end to allowing the market to dictate the, the need for higher end units, then we're not doing our jobs because we're supposed to be making decisions for the whole community across the socioeconomic uh, field. And so we will do our part absolutely as a municipality in supporting very, very affordable units. We will also do our part as municipal governors in allowing the market to develop the units that are demanded. And some of those are gonna be met, some of that demand is gonna be met by missing middle units. And exactly with the type of people that Joe described, you know, one of the questions I asked, you know, during the earlier aspects uh, of the discussion of this last fall and summer well, of staff was, okay, so let's suppose we pass this, this particular policy. Does that mean that a homeowner has to sell their property? Okay, so uh, Mayor Alto, we got to stop for a break, but I, uh, this is an important one. I want to pick up after okay. our break. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment here. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Having a conversation today about the missing middle with the mayor of the city of Victoria, Marianne Alto, and a consultant, Joe Kalenda, with Multibene, um uh, consulting. We are, I had to have a break just now because we were getting to something really, really juicy, uh, Mayor Alto. Uh, and it's a question you posed of the staff. So if you wouldn't mind, repose it for us right now. Yeah, I mean, during, during our um, some of our conversations, and it wasn't initial, it was sort of midway through the process last summer. And, and as you mentioned, actually earlier, Tony, you know, this is a process that staff have been working on for three or four years. It didn't just come out of the woodwork all of a sudden. But, but in the summer, one of the questions I posed to staff, because there was a lot of consternation about what this policy might do or how it might precipitate change, is that the question I asked is, okay, I'm a homeowner in Victoria. 
does that mean that after missing middle comes into play, I have to sell my property? All, all of a sudden now I have to apply missing middle to it because it's the policy. And the answer of course is no, of course not. You can keep your property exactly the way it is as long as you want. You can leave it to your children and your grandchildren, do whatever. There's nothing about this that requires missing middle to apply to you as a property owner. All it does is give you permission to look at the use of your property and think about whether or not its best use includes more than one unit of housing. And I go back to saying, you know, the, the goal, the, the goal and role of the municipality in this in this sense is to make the process easy and to create as many options as possible for the homeowners. And this is about saying, you know what, if you want to live in your house forever, great. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to look at your house and think, just as Joe referenced earlier, you know, it's kind of big for me and my partner and I, my kids are all grown and left. And, you know, I, I, it's big enough that I'd be happy with a two bedroom apartment and maybe make another one or two or three or four units. Great. Then you can do that. And we're going to make a process that makes it as easy as possible. Yeah. This is all about creating possibilities. It's all about creating the option of making more homes for more people in ways that serve the people who live here and the people who want to live here. Well, the news is relatively new because it's not even uh, two months yet, but uh, have you seen anything uh, uh, at the city as far as applications and interest? What is that looking like right now? Um, the Actually, the policy, the bylaws itself didn't come into place until earlier in March. Yeah. And so we haven't seen any specifically missing middle related uh, applications but having said that it's interesting a number of applications that have come before council in the last month or two that were in process before missing middle have actually been presented referencing missing middle and using it as a way to say you know although this project wasn't designed to meet the standards of missing middle here's an example of what it would look like and and you know one of the advantages you might want to consider in whether or not this goes forward is the fact that almost inadvertently, it meets the same goals that you were trying to achieve with missing middle. So it has become a bit of a standard bearer in a way for applicants to be able to pitch their uh, proposals, even if they had been designed prior to missing middle coming into effect. Fantastic, Joe. Yeah, two of my applications have been invited by city hall staff to transform them from what they are presented as and to perhaps look at, well, can we do missing middle housing on this particular uh, property. And in both cases, uh, the clients are looking at it. In one case, they're saying, yeah, we're gonna go from our conversion to a new six lot, uh, six unit townhouse, stacked and road townhouse. And in the case of my other client, he's still thinking about it. And certainly in speaking with staff, both with Pat and with uh, Chelsea, both of them have had at least 35 inquiries not applications, but inquiries yes. since January 26th. And of course the policy went live or got enacted on March 12th. I think we're gonna see some action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hope, so. I hope so. I mean, I, I think that the, the purpose of this again, you know, is to make the process easier to build more housing. And I mean, the purpose of that obviously is to provide more homes for more people. And so I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, but I don't anticipate a flood. And, and I think, Tony, you know, your earlier question about change, I, I think I maybe skipped over that a little, but, you know, you're so right. Change is hard. It really is. And you just kind of start from that. Uh, you know, I've lived here for 35 years. Right? <laughs> and, I, and, you know, when I came back from university, from being away, as I said, you know, no one told me I couldn't come home, A. But the city that I came home to then, it's not the same city it is now. 
It's not. It can't be. It, and it shouldn't be. It should be a city that evolves. It should be a city that, you know, does its best to serve the people that are here, but also to make sure that its doors are open to the people who want to be there. You know, I, I talk about, you know, the service to Victorians and the service to future Victorians, because that that really is our goal as governors is to is to provide the services on which people rely now and to imagine a city that will continue to serve those people in the future. And part of that is around, big part of that is around housing and, and homes for people. I mean, you know, the title of your show is really appropriate. Yeah, yes. uh, and it is about homes, right? Yeah. And, and that's just really... Well, well, you know, it's, it's really interesting because uh, there are these social media sites, this Facebook page uh, about old Victoria. People often post pictures of Douglas Street in the 1980s. And the comments yes. are, oh, there's no traffic. Look at this. There's just one car. Wouldn't it be nice if it was so? And I will freely admit, every once in a while, I get stuck in traffic and I start, uh, you know, becoming disgruntled. But then I have to stop myself and realize, hold on a second, this the, t the town is not what it was when I grew up. And uh, every week, we help people who have the dream to move to Victoria. And as long as that continues, we can't maintain things the way they were before. And, you know, which is the reason why the conversation of density that we're having today is so important, because I often remind people, we cannot open the city boundaries. We can't, uh, like Calgary, we can't just, you know, open things up. We have no land. We're surrounded by water on three sides. So, you know, it's really more about thoughtful planning. And uh, Mayor Alto, I, I really appreciate what you just mentioned about thinking about the future of future Victorians. Wow. Right. Yeah. yeah. But neighbors uh, will be unhappy. Neighbors are typically unhappy. Uh, I can think of one client off the top of my head who I believe listens to the program um, who picked their spot because of the fact that they were disgruntled from where they moved from about higher density. So that is something that's still going to be dealt with. Right. Yeah, it does. And it and, and we have to accommodate that. We have to consider that. And it is part of our, our consideration I know, as decision makers. But, but in the end, I mean, it is, it is all about balance. And Tony, you and I have talked about this for years. It's that sense of, yes, I have an obligation to you know, govern in the best interests of the people who are here now, but I have to do so in the context of my absolute duty and responsibility to not randomly, to thoughtfully, intentionally uh, tra transform the city into a place that you know, I want my kids to live. I want my grandchildren to live yeah. all of yours as well. I mean, and that's, that's my job. That's a really difficult job, yeah. but it's a job a that I love, but it's also a job that, you know, involves that sense of understanding and, and acknowledging that people have a hard time with change. Change is hard. Yeah. It really is, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's the nature of the evolution of society. And I, and I think, again, as I said before, I, I'd rather have that done intentionally and thoughtfully than have it just done randomly. For sure. Joe. You know, I've often been exposed to the to the complaint from people who say, you know, I moved here 20 years ago and now it's changing and I don't want it to change and so on. And I say to them, you know what? When you moved here 20 years ago, you impact effected change in the city. The very fact that you moved here from away, you were part of the change 20 years ago. What if the day before you moved into your house, somebody had said, no, you can't move here because you're going to change the street, where would you be living today? So for those folks who today are saying, I don't want my street to change, they should answer the question. If somebody had said no to them 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 40 years ago, where would they be today? Huh. 
you know, I, I always find it cute when I speak with somebody who uh, calls up and, and says, hi, you know, we, we've got this great idea. We want to move from Toronto to Victoria. Because we hear about Victoria's fantastic, and it's I find it so cute, and and you know uh, I will never say it, but in my head I'm like, you are not the first person thinking of this, <laughs> right? This is this is you know everyone in Victoria has come from another place, yeah. Really, there's you know apart from my cousin Charlene and I, our family, there's not a lot of long-term uh, Victorians born and raised. You know, fathers born and raised. Everyone's come from another place, so it's no secret. But that's one of the difficulties, you know, we're victims of our own success because people want to be here. And as a result, people like the mayor of Victoria and your council, you got to deal with that, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's actually really the, I'll say, I'll speak for myself, obviously, because my council is new, but it's actually one of the really exciting parts of the job because, you know, I, my youngest son who still lives at home was in his early twenties. You know, we often walk downtown and, you know, we'll stop at a stoplight on the corner and, you know, I'll look up at a, either a building or a space and my son will kind of roll his eyes at me and laugh and go, so is that a building that you've approved? <laughs> is that a building you're about to approve? You know, <laughs> And it's that sense of, you know, he finds it kind of entertaining because he's been with me, obviously, you know, through all of this time. And he finds it kind of entertaining. But he's also thoughtful about the fact that part of the job is to really imagine and, again, intentionally transform the very face of the place in which he lives. He was born here in Victoria. He's one of those rare people. Uh, and he believes intrinsically that his life remains here. And part of my responsibility is to do everything I can to make that possible. So important. So important. Well, thank you both for your time and uh, talking with us about this. Uh, to our listeners, this is The Missing Middle. By the way, if you're interested, the city of Victoria has a page on their website, uh, which is victoria.ca. All you've got to do is search Missing Middle. I'm looking at it right now, Missing Middle Housing. It outlines everything you need to know, in, including uh, if you are interested in building miss Missing Middle Housing, there's a step-by-step -step guide. All the information is there. You can also talk to the staff at the city of victoria as well too uh again thank you to my guests uh, jo uh joe Kalenda. joe great having you back you've been on the program before uh and of course uh to you uh mayor marianne also great having you here my pleasure anytime great thank you tony thank you mayor ciao for now and the 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 main thing to uh, our loyal listeners is knowing that there are people out there that are working on these things. These are not, uh, you know, quick decisions to make. We preface this at the very beginning. Uh, I know personally, this whole missing middle thing has been talked about uh, at city council for years and years and years. But do yourself a favor. Four years, says Joe, sticking his fingers up there. Yeah, at least that long. Do yourselves a favor, folks. Do some research. Learn all about it because it's not necessarily what you hear about from other people, right? Um, again, thank you to our guests today and to our listeners. We'll be here for you this time next week.